This podcast is brought to you by SoFoodie with a PH. SoFoodie is the go-to platform that highlights the stories and showcases the talents of brothers and sisters who are innovating and creating in the world of food and beverage. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at SoFoodie, that's foodie with a PH, or sign up for their email at SoFoodie with a PH dot com. This is JJ Outlaw. And C Outlaw. And you are listening to yet another episode of The Gourmet Goober. You can find me, JJ Outlaw, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. Sorry, my brain just went blank for a minute, even though it's in the name. Whoa. <laughs> you can also find me on Instagram at The Gourmet Goober. Um, at Gourmet Goober, rather. And as always, I'm here with my co host, my BFF, that dude. Big Daddy, um, my hubby. <laughs> Every week I run out of ways to describe you. <laughs> you call me the irreplaceable. Oh. To the left, to the left. Yeah. That's the way I'm going to roll with it. No, this is... <laughs> we'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, this is T Outlaw. T-O-U-T-L-A-W. That's how you'll find me on Twitter. And on the Instagram at T Outlaw. Josie Wells, like the movie. As always, if you are so inclined to look for us on Facebook, um, although I got to say Facebook is not my favorite medium, so you'll find new episodes of the podcast, um, but you can always go to the Gourmet Goober blog, so named because we started as a blog. Speaking of our blog, you can always find us at thegourmetgoober.com, where you can find everything from new episodes to... Um, past recipes that we used to um, we posted just pretty much everything <laughs> and speaking of dropping us a line you can also drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com um, so it has been a very packed two weeks since we have been on the air <laughs> that's right yes so um, this segment we always talk about our week, but our a lot of the news of our week has kind of been combined because one, as you may remember from our last podcast, we had a chance to hang out at the NBA All Star Weekend. Woo-hoo! Yes, we did. We hung out with the All Stars, even <laughs> though they didn't know that we were hanging out with them. Yeah, but before we go into that, we wanted to give a couple acknowledgments before we dig in. First of all, you may have heard at the beginning of the podcast, we have a new collaboration, and I teased last time. 
And we are very happy to welcome into Gooberland um, our new collaborators at SoFoodie.com. That's and so booty with a pH. <laughs> exactly. They are pH balance, y'all. <laughs> so that's foodie with a pH. Um, we are really super excited to partner with them. If you're not familiar with them, so foodie has been the place to go online in order to um, get just all the great news of um, black men and women making their mark and in the culinary field. Um, given our focus when we first started the Gourmet Goober podcast years ago, or even the blog years ago when we started it back, oh my gosh, did you know we are almost hitting our seventh year anniversary with the blog? No, I did not. Yeah, it is really seven years next month. Damn, we are old. <laughs> I know, right? But when we started the blog years ago, one of the reasons why we did was we wanted to uplift and give um, showcase um, historically marginalized communities that are not usually part of the culinary conversation. So when Stow Foodie debuted, I just fell in love with their website because they do that so amazingly well, from James Beard Award winners to new innovators in the food and beverage. They are the go-to source for that. And we are so proud to be part of the Soul Food fam Foodie family, so to speak. So they'll be sharing our podcasts with their readers, and we hope to be giving the good word about some of the great stuff that's on their website. So, again, to all the, um, you know, followers on social media, the readers of So Foodie, welcome to Gooberland, as we lovingly call our little space on the Internet. That's right. <laughs> and we are very happy that you're part of everything. Yeah. Um, but also, there was one other thing that we wanted to acknowledge that happened this week before we died into or dive into our week. I'm so sorry about that. Um, but you, Big Daddy and I were talking about a passing of, of, you know, someone that's really close to our community. <clears throat> Good morning. <laughs> no, uh, we were here uh, maybe a few days after the unfortunate passing of uh, soul icon, uh, Janae Dubois. I just like saying the name. We actually had to research to make sure we got the name right, just to be respectful. But yes, Janae Dubois, you might know her most importantly as the person who played Walona Woods on the CBS show. Was it CBS? Yeah, it was. Yeah, good times. On Good Times. And she was also the voice of the theme song for another CBS show associated with normally that would be the Jeffersons. You know, two of our favorite uh, programs from the 70s. Um, and she was also famous for a lot of other things, movies, television shows. She was all, you know, on Good Times, she played the mama of at least, you know, the adopted mother of, you know, my crush forever, <laughs> Janet. Jackson. Yes, I have to live with the fact that my husband is internally in love with Janet. That's cool. <laughs> and I'm eternally hopeful that you will be cool with the fact that I am eternally grateful for knowing about Janet Jackson. <laughs> but yes, so Janet Dubois was a very strong woman. And yeah, she was uh she will be deeply missed. 
And you know what? A lot of times people, when people pass away, we wanted to um, talk about it because one, um, when my husband and I first met years and years ago in college, we really bonded over our love of the shows that she was connected with. But even more importantly, um, I don't know if people know this, but she got her start on television. One of the first roles that she did was she was on a soap opera called Love of Life. Mm-hmm. Her role was from 1970 to 1972. And she was actually the first African-American female that was cast as a regular cast a member on a daytime soap. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yes. So not only did she make history then, but for those our, our listeners that are in L.A., you may be familiar with the Pan-African Film and Arts Festival. Well, actually, she co-founded that festival back in 1992, along with actor Danny Glover and Akaya Buba. So, again... Even back then, Danny Glover was too old. <laughs> maybe so, but when you consider that the Pan-African um, Film and Arts Festival is still going strong all these many years later, okay. it is amazing that she has a lasting legacy that will far outlive what we may know from her television role as Winona. So we just wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for all the laughs. Thank you for the incredible work you've done behind the scenes to uplift voices um, in television, arts, and media. Oh, you forgot. She was the mom and I'm going to get you sucka. Yeah, I was trying to be respectful, but yes, she was also the mama. <laughs> You know, even with the mustache <laughs> and white. Look, I, I know that, that was like a play on, you know, <laughs> the uh what was going on in the seventies black exploitation films. But yes, yeah, she was the mom and I'ma get you sucker of Jack Spade. And if you've never seen I'ma get you sucker, I'm sorry, we can't be friends. No, just kidding. No, we straight. <laughs> Actually that is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a brilliant spoof of the black exploitation films of the Mm seventies. And actually it was, I think it was the film directorial debut of Keenan Ivy Wayne's. It's what led to um, him getting the contract with Fox and in living color, that groundbreaking show that as a child we watched, but then we were secretly wondering if they're going to take it off the air because they kept saying things that we knew that they shouldn't say on television. (laughs) Yeah, we tried to jump jump on the Richard Pryor tip, but yeah. <laughs> Every week, my family and I were watching that like, ooh, they go take them off the air for saying that. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of did down there, you think about it, because didn't all the Wayne brothers left? Leave at one point, like the whole Wayne family? Yeah. Yeah. And a contract dispute. Also, Janine Dubois actually, I think, actually made two appearances on the show. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So, now that we've got off course... <laughs> <laughs> we'll dive into her week, but we wanted to at least um, honor her because, again, she's done so much on screen and beyond screen. And since we're a food and a pop culture show, she was very important to the pop culture that we consumed as children and even beyond. So we're eternally grateful to her. That's right. By lovingly reading her Wikipedia page. <laughs> However it came out. <laughs> Hopefully all that crap is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's true about the Pan-African Film yes. Festival. Uh, yes. Yep. That was research beyond our Wikipedia people. Okay. <laughs> so, now we're at the point where we talk about our week, and oh my gosh, what a crazy week. Do you want to 
Okay, do you want to start at like going to the game and working back? Sure. Yeah, because I know my week is kind of crazy and it involves an invite to a party by Don Magic Bishop Don Magic Juan. The, the good Lord, uh, the good <laughs> Bishop Magic Don Juan. I'll go into that later, but first let's just talk about our collective week and then we'll work backwards. Maybe we'll do that. The collective week. No, <laughs> for the most part, I am good. I am still here. I am sitting here. I am a little sore. One, because it's the day after Margarita Day. You didn't have any margaritas yesterday. You didn't have any margaritas yesterday. What were you doing when I was at the grocery store? I was only gone for two hours. That's all you need. (laughs) But no, it was the day after Margarita Day. I, you know, may have seen some. But no... Also, yes, I, it was a long week. It was cold. And yes, I am sore because my fat ass fell down a four, well, a few steps uh, getting off the CTA train. I'm just happy you're okay because those steps are steep. They are steep. They were a little slippery, but I'm also getting a little old, so I might have missed a step too. But no, I am here. I am good. A little sore. Ego pretty much bruised up, but for the most part, I am okay. I'm good. Well, that's, I'm good and glad to hear that, because when you told me, I was, like, super worried. She didn't know what the hell I was talking about. No, because you texted me, and I didn't know what you were referring to. And then I was at work at a meeting, so I'm trying not to respond to to them. I'm trying not to laugh or give anyone any type of indication that I'm reading my messages instead of going over something important in the meeting. So I was just trying to, like, keep a straight face. Yeah, because I'm sitting there, and I, I just said, like, the only way I could, you know, get through this was to make a joke about it. So I sent her a text saying, so do you remember the Eddie Murphy skit in Delirious where I thought I was always an Uncle Gus who would, you know, come, you know, and start the barbecue by lighting, like, this enormous fire? I thought it was Uncle Gus, but apparently I ended up being, like, the Aunt Bunny in this troop. You know, the Bigfoot, you know, aunt who kept kissing all the kids, but would always fell down, broke, you know, all of Eddie's father's stairs, you know, and would make all those crazy sounds when falling like, oh, 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 my God. Oh, yeah, I, I basically became the Aunt Bunny in this situation. Yeah, so you texted me and I'm in this really important meeting for this gala that we're planning and I'm just like. I can't respond because I shouldn't be reading my messages right now. I should be looking at my phone at the agenda and going over stuff. Yeah, while I'm going. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so we go, we spent Valentine's Day at the NBA Rising Stars event. And first of all, my getting there, you had the day off. I was supposed to take a half day. Of course, I couldn't take a half day because... Um, let's see, how do I put this? Because I don't want to give up too much away. Of you were, my... Yeah, just say you were busy. I was busy. Mm-hmm. Um, in my department where I used to work, there used to be a department of three, right? Within a month, the person that has a position under me quit. And the person um, that has a position over me, my boss quit. So now I'm running the entire department. <laughs> that means all the grants. 
That means doing the marketing for this gala that's coming up. That means taking all the in-kind donations. And I just, I wanted, it's just been really busy. So I thought, okay, we are supposed to be doing this training for a new board member. I now have to take over the training because my boss is no longer there. So I'm like, okay, I'm leaving at four. That way I can get downtown in plenty of time because I know there's going to be a lot of traffic. Did I leave it for? No, no. I left at five, what, 515? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now I have to make my way downtown. On Valentine's on, Day. On Valentine's Day and during the NBA All-Star Game and during the auto show. So there's tons of people all around Chicago. I didn't drive in, so I have to like make my way with public transportation down to where I need to go. <laughs> yes. And while she's doing that, I'm, you know, living the lifestyle. I actually went to the Chicago Auto Show uh -huh. earlier, <laughs> and then I made my transit over to the transportation center so I could, you know, hang out with the fellas at the <laughs> NBA All-Star Weekend. We didn't hang out with any basketball players. Okay, it's for <laughs> That did not happen. That they know of. Although, we did see Steve Nash, and we'll talk about that later. Okay. Although you were amazed that I recognized Steve Nash from where we were. Yeah, from way up, she could see Steve Nash. <laughs> My wife's vision was her her vision game was MVP like Steve Nash. There we go. Another portal for you kids. No, it was really funny because, like, dude, I can't see the TV from here sometimes with my glasses. But we're like, I don't know, third how level, third level, all the way up. I'm looking directly down, and I'm like, that's Steve Nash. My husband's like, no, it's not. That's back on the back. No, that's Steve Nash. I I can see him. He's he's getting mic'd up. Later on, I was proven right. Yes, you were. <laughs> so, Steve Nash, if you're listening, I can spot you from how many floors up. You were way, way up. But we were in the I know building. you, my brother. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> so anyway, I'm trying desperately. I'm like, oh, crap. So I look at the train tracker. The train tracker, um, the bus tracker, rather, says a bus is not coming for 25 minutes. So I'm like, okay, I have to get there. So then I start to look at Lyft. But if anyone's ever done live, sh um, live I'm sorry, ride sharing okay. that you know that during certain times in large cities when there are major events going on they pump up the price they pump up the price so what normally is like a 12 dollar trip was like 32 dollars to get downtown and i'm like dude i'm not paying an extra 20 dollars homie don't play that so what i decided to do was there's um a restaurant that's nearby that's close to the blue line so i can take a lift to that restaurant walk a block or so to the blue line and then hop the blue line to get to where I need to be. Um, so that's what I did. I got on the blue line. And then I texted Big Daddy to ask him to meet me downstairs at Macy's so that we can figure out how we're going to get to the All-Star game. You wound up scaring the hell out of me because you didn't get my text. But you saw me running past you on Block 37 in a crowded yes. That's and right. a crowd of people. <laughs> That's how she knows her husband. Just runs right past, does not know it's me. I, so I decided to stalk her by following her. Yes. And you almost got punched because of it. Because I'm downstairs. And you, you guys ever been in a place where you feel someone following you, right? 
So I'm going down the stairs. I'm like, well, maybe it's my imagination. And I sit down at the bookstore in the bottom of Macy's on State Street just to talk to them and say, hey, I'm here. You know, we're, we can meet at the Starbucks as I asked you to meet me. And all of a sudden I feel this pat on my back. And I like turn around like, dude. Getting ready to lay fifth. And it's you. Turns around and about to lay fifth word bees on me. I'm like, I'm like, my wife is getting to stomp me out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that'd been real sweet. Look, it's Chicago, okay? I love my city, but you, sometimes you got to be careful, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see you pulling out, like, you know, a little jar of Vaseline. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I was like, I think I saw an earring pop off. I'm no, like, no, my earrings damn. did not come off. <laughs> like, damn, I was just coming to say hello. No, she's like, uh-huh, it's about to be on, like, Donkey Kong up in this piece. No, because I, I felt you following me, and then I turned around at one point, and I didn't see you. You must have stopped for a second. And so I was just like, okay, maybe it's my imagination. And then I felt this, like, you know, it was almost like a thing on my back. And I was like, dude. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. So I'm still alive. Yeah. So we decide to grab something to eat. So we go to one of our favorite places, the Halal Guys. We talked about it. It's one of your best places you ate um, this week earlier, like a few episodes ago. Yeah, New Year's Eve. And then we decide then to hop a lift and take a lift to the United Center. First of all, that may not have been such a good choice. Um, only because of the fact that everyone decided to take a lift to the United Center. So it took us forever to go a few miles where basically we were backed up amongst other cars. Um, the traffic going to the United Center was crazy. So we thought okay. Well, the good thing is we, when we leave, we can just take a bus back. The United Center regularly has buses that runs from the United Center to William Station so we can catch a ride home. By the way, hold on to that thought because we will revisit that again later on. Put a pin in it. <laughs> Put a pin in that. So anyway, we got a lift and, you know, we, you know, we're walking across, I think it was the blue carpet. You know, I'm trying to look all like, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, get my photo flash. You know, I'm trying to look all stylish in my red sweater. You know, I'm feeling all like, you know, MVP, like, you know, looking smooth. I think I'm like, you know, the short, dumpy looking Chris Webber. But I got like, you know, I was, I was, they were taking TOs for TO. You know, I was looking all stylish and stuff, you know, because we had all star weekend. I'm like, you know, trying to flash my little nine bling, you know, with my, you know, my wife on the side, trying to look all smooth. You know, we were enjoying, you know, Rising Stars game. We were coming here looking smooth, you know, looking for, you know, stars. Uh, but, yeah, we had a good time getting in the building. I think what my husband was trying to say was, as we were getting off the lift, we were very fortunate that there was someone there who told us a shortcut. Because we were getting out, and they were letting people out um, several, it was almost like a mile away from where you need to get in. It wasn't that far. It was close to it. Um, so, they... They, um, the lift driver said, do you want to let us, do you want me to let you out here? Cause we were still pretty back from where they were letting people in and we were afraid we we're going to miss a ride. It was on the start of the game. It was like six forty, and we had to get into the United center and we're like, yeah, yeah, just let us off here. And we opened the door and one of the guys who's helping with the parking, he's like, you know what, what you can do is you can just go and take this back way. And he said, just circle around and that'll get you in much faster. And I was like, thanks my brother. 
So no, we were no, walking no, past no, a step no, and repeat. No. no, yes. No, I'm trying to wait a minute. I like my version better where I was like, <laughs> like I was jumping in a limo, like, you know, throwing my, you know, my hands up for the people, you know. There was no like limo, this. but you know what? We did wind up accidentally ordering the Lyft Lux. So we did ride in style there. Thank you. And I came out looking all stylish. I like my version better. And we walked past the step in the repeat. Like where we were going through actually is where they had like some kind of reception. Because you could tell there were still some of the backdrops that people take pictures at. Mm -hmm. So technically he's right. That's right. <laughs> it's just not exactly the truth. But technically you're right. Um, yeah, like, you know, like the R. Kelly song was like, flash, repeat, and looking all smooth. But no, she got to go ahead and bust me out. Like, you know, I tried to get, her, you know, good seats. I was in the building. He yeah. got us great seats. In fact, if you follow me on social media, you'll be able to see where we were sitting. Like, we were directly um, near the scoreboard, but you could look immediately down. Um, we were to the left. There was the stage where they had the halftime entertainment. I mean, it was just amazing, amazing seats. So, again, thank you, Big Daddy, for that. Speaking of the halftime entertainment, we had no idea who the hell that person was. Did we ever find out who the hell it was? I don't think we looked. Okay, let me look it up. That's pretty bad. Like, <laughs> I mean, but, you know, just to, you know, just to put a nice little shade on, like, you know, on this, it was a great deal of lovely performers during the weekend. A lot of great, you know, dignitaries who follow through. Yeah, there were a lot of famous people that were there. Yeah, there were a great deal of, you know, cool people from the Shy and also, you know, from around the country who came to the Shy oh. to come and check out this. You know, I wish, you know, you know, someone like, you know, like Michael Jordan would have made a presence there. But, you know, at the same time, you know, a lot of cool people were around. But we were still trying to figure out who the hell the halftime show was. But we, uh... We were just glad we were in the building. Actually, you know what? What's that? Now I feel bad. How do you feel bad? <laughs> I know he was a shy person. No, but... no, no, no. He's Chance the Rapper's older brother. So we got Chance the Rapper's older brother. Right. Because at one point, they show his picture, right? And we're like, oh, we've got Chance. And I'm like, that can't be right. Because Chance is the halftime show during the actual All-Star game. So who is this guy? And... It was a really nice set. It was. But at one point, we were like, okay, who is this person? <laughs> Kids were old, and we don't listen to a lot of stuff. Although, I listen to Chance the Rapper because I really love it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Chance had a brother, so we heard his brother. Ooh, good for us. <laughs> his name is Tyler Bennett. I'm so happy for us. <laughs> we got to see Tyler Bennett. <laughs> I'm... Yeah, I was definitely flashing my Danny Glover face at that moment. Yeah, we were kind of confused. But the audience really enjoyed it, which yes. is the important thing. But it was incredible. We got to see, um, you know, the national anthem. And just for me, being there really meant a lot. Because I think I've explained on other shows how important the All-Star game has always been like a bonding moment with my dad and I, like the whole All-Star weekend. Mm -hmm. And now that I live far away from my family... Um, sometimes my dad and I, we even watch it together on the phone. But to be able to see it live with Big Daddy, um, a game, it, and it was a great game. The Rising Stars, um, it was the U.S. versus the world. They had a lot of great people that were there. Trey Young was playing. 
um, Luca Doncic, who is the truth, was playing. Oh my God! What was the name of that guy from Japan that we like totally were sleeping on, but mm. was like just a badass? Yeah, I couldn't remember. It was like Ru Macho. Is Hero Macho? I think. Yeah, we'll go with that. But he was whoever that guy was. He was amazing. Yeah, he like, was on song. Like he totally like dominated the first um first half yeah. first half, and just to be able to see that live. It it was amazing. So I cannot thank Big Daddy enough for getting us those tickets. As we alluded to earlier, we were up there, and at one point it was close to halftime. And you know how TNT usually mics and get ready to do their halftime um, takeaway and things. And I'm looking down, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Steve Nash. Like, I don't even know why I just saw that speck down there, and I just knew in my soul that that one was Steve Nash, and it was. Um, so we get ready to leave. The game is over and we're like, okay, we're going to hop the bus and go home. Right. Not so fast. <laughs> One, it doesn't help that it's literally seven degrees outside at this moment. Two, there are no buses anywhere within a two mile radius of the United Center. They blocked those off because they want to protect that area. Yeah, they, were, they definitely had a lot of security in the area. The Chicago police were actually, I don't, you could have committed a crime, like literally. In the rest of Chicago. The they were Chicago. all at the all They game. were literally all around <laughs> the United Center at that point. And so we thought, okay, we'll take a lift. And that's when we figured out that in their zeal to protect that area, they had only one space that everyone gets their lift cars from. So imagine one giant, like, and it looked like a barn almost, like. Mm-hmm. where everyone was like crowded like there's this huge wall of people if you can imagine hello Trixies well yeah mm-hmm. and if you don't know what a Trixie is I would suggest you google it <laughs> it's a Chicago phenomenon urban dictionary too. yes urban dictionary but then they were all um, waiting for their lift cars and all the lifts came to that one area so we're like how the hell do they know which car is their car Right. And you saw these all of these lifts trying to crowd in. And it was it was just looked like a melee trying to find your car. Mm-hmm. So silly us in seven degree weather, we thought, oh, let's just keep walking until we find a, a bus. So about two miles away, we realized we didn't reach two miles. We, yeah, we <laughs> did push, like two miles away. I mean, we pushed a, a solid, you know, three quarters of a mile down. <laughs> Look, it was cold. That acts extra length to our distance of what we were walking. But we were somewhat safe because not only did you have police all around, but you also had like a whole throng of people walking the same direction. Like we were the migrating like lemmings, like, you know, walking off the cliff. Right. But we were all walking east, like in this big throng. So we just thought, okay, if we keep walking, we'll eventually come up with something because there are no buses coming. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So eventually we come across a Harold's chicken. That's right. We <laughs> talked about it in the last podcast. Our zeal for like, you know, trying new places or trying places, you know, they're definitely Chicagoish. So we, we just thought, you Harold's. know, as long as we're waiting, we might as well get our chicken on and we can figure out what to do. Well, we walked into the Harold's chicken. There were maybe 10 people in the joint. By the time we left the Harold's chicken. No, no. Let's try this again. <laughs> When we walked in, there may have been 20, like, when we first stepped in the, you know, the front door, but along with us, another 50 people walked in with us. That's what I was telling you about to say. So, 
it was funny. We placed our order and they said, oh, this will be about 15 minutes. An hour later, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are full of people yeah, yeah. waiting for our food. And it was so funny. Like we were all bonding together. Like someone's. Our number was 70. I remember that very clearly. Yes. And they were like calling like 15 and 45. <laughs> I was like, okay, somebody's going to give us their bag of chicken because I'm not leaving without my chicken at this point. That's right. We had a whole bunch of people, like literally <laughs> anyone, like all the brothers and sisters, you know, who were at this event and who were walking with us in the, in the throng of people, all the brothers and sisters were with us at that Herald's. I think we should have had ourselves a collection plate, you know, for the bones that were getting thrown. Harold knew what they were doing, though, because we were walking and we're just like, okay, we need to figure out what we're doing. We're within, I would say, a block of Harold's chicken. You can smell the fried chicken from that far away. Mm -hmm. Like they knew it's like, look, the all-star game rising star event is over. Let's fry this chicken and attract these customers. (laughs) And they did. <laughs> to the point where they remember those two guys in front of us? The guys like stop and he's and what's this the other like, whoa, what is that? And he must be from out of town. Cause the other guy was like, That's that good hero's chicken I've been telling you about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they must have known, like, okay, everyone's gone, they're at this game. We're just gonna fry this chicken and open the windows so that everyone can smell how good it is. And we're just going to bring them all to us. Because that's what happened. So we stayed. We um, got our Harold's chicken. Um, and then um, we left. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, caught, because we, we had to leave. Lift. Because, like, you know, one <laughs> Gorman Goober had thrown up, uh, had uh, eaten basically all of her chicken and part of mine. No, I didn't eat your chicken then. Although, I did eat your chicken later on. Did you never realize your chicken was gone? Well, I got it home. I <laughs> ate a piece, and then I was gonna like eat some more the next day. It wasn't the next day. I waited a couple of days. She hid my chicken. I ate your chicken. She ate my chicken. <laughs> you don't let Terrell's chickens in the fridge like that. Because you That's hid an it abomination. <laughs> anyway, she went and hid my chicken. Then I didn't it. hit it. It was on the front shelf. Okay. Right. However, it happened. My so chicken we, was absconded with. <laughs> so we called the lift eventually, and they came and brought us back. Um, but it was a great game. It was an amazing time. I'm so grateful that Big Daddy took that took me to it. That was the best Christmas slash Valentine's Day present ever. Um, and I had my mouth set on that chicken. <laughs> do you want me to get you some more Harold's chicken? There's like two Harold's chicken shacks near us. Yeah, but it wasn't like the Chicago Harold's Chicken that night. Well, I'll go to the one in Gary's. There's the better one. Once again, it was <laughs> not like the Harold's Chicken in Chicago that night. But that's you okay. You didn't even notice the chicken was gone. I, I had my mouth selling that chicken <laughs> at a moment, and I couldn't find it because it was gone. Hold on. I'm going to do a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. While All right, he's cool. taking his time to recover from that. Yes. I, I would be amiss um, if I did not mention the other odd night that I had other than that. And it happened the night before we went to the All-Star game. Um, I, as I said before, my staff is 
of my department is now down to me. So we were interviewing for one of the replacement of the assistant and it was on Thursday night. I agreed to stay late because um, she just got off of work. We The interview was supposed to start at five. It didn't start until six, which means that I missed my train coming back into the city that left at seven. So I was stuck into the city of Chicago until nine o'clock. Um, so I thought, oh, well, you know, I have time. I'll just grab a late dinner and then make my way to the train station and wait for the train to take me back to Indiana. So when I left work, I got into an Uber, not an Uber. Was it an Uber? It Uber was a Lyft. Lyft ride share. It was a ride share. And I wound up meeting this really great, um, player. No, no, that was later. Okay. <laughs> that was the second one. So I wound up meeting this really great Lyft driver and, um, we got into a great conversation because I spoke with him a little in Spanish and he said, Oh, you know, Spanish. And I explained that I used to live in Florida and Tampa and I used to live near the um, historic Cuban district. And so I picked up some Spanish there, but I don't speak as well as I can read it. And mm -hmm. so we kind of bonded over that experience and he shared that he too used to live in Florida and his roommates were Brazilian and they prepared for him this meat that he's obsessed with that's called picana. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know Vicana. And I explained to him the whole um, Brazilian steakhouse and Fogo de Chao. Okay. And it was hilarious because suddenly we were having problems communicating with each other when I first got into the cab. And by the time we were done, we were both laughing our asses off because I explained to him the whole Fogo de Chao thing. And he just thought the idea that they bring nonstop meat to you was the best idea ever. <laughs> it is the best idea ever. I and, fully endorse it. <laughs> but it was so cool because, like, Big Daddy and I were talking about this, like, should I share this story of my crazy night? And part of the reason why you said I should say something is because I always have this weird thing where no matter where I am or what I do, like, the conversation always revolves around food. Yes, food and is I don't even, international I don't even bring language. it up. Like people ask me about food. Like at some point, they'll just share something with me, or we'll have like a bonding moment where food comes up. Yes, it's like food is my superpower. I don't know why that is. You are um, you are an avenger <laughs> of food. But it was such a cool conversation, like to the point where we pulled up, and I went to Italy for dinner, and. <clears throat> It was so funny because he's like, look, I'm not even charging you at this point. Can you just tell me about this? And we just sat and talked for another five minutes, parked in front of Italy about the the Fogo de Chao thing. And so I wrote it down for him. And I, I told him about there's that restaurant month thing. It's back on where you can go to Fogo de Chao and eat dinner for like only $39 at Fogo de Chao. Well, all right. I'll see you later. <laughs> Um, so I wrote it down so he's going to surprise his wife. So if you're listening, I, I really hope, Jorge, that you and your wife have a great time. Um, I go to um, Italy, and I'll talk about this later in the third segment because, seriously, it is the best thing I ate this week. Mm -hmm. um, their Casio e Pepe ravioli was mm, chef's kiss. It was really great. 
All right, we'll talk about that. Later. I've made Casio e Pepe, or I thought yeah, I made Casio e Pepe. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I've never made it before because this was good. But the wild thing that happened was after I had left. And so I'm like, okay, now I got to get to the train station and make the train by 9:10. So I ordered another lift. And the guy who picked me up at the lift, for some reason, you know how when you're on the lift and it's like for $3 more, you can ride the Lux. So I'm like, what the hell? You only live once. It's three bucks. So I get the lift. And then next night, you lived again. Well, that was an accident that time. Okay. I think what happens is once you do it one time, they're like, oh, we can totally convince her to do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get into this car, and the driver um, proceeds to, like, ask how my night was, blah, blah, blah. And then at some point, it comes up that he is good friends with Bishop Don Magic One, you know, the legendary former pimp, the founders of the pimp's ball. <laughs> the player's ball. The player's ball. <laughs> the good bishop. That guy. Yeah, cohort with the great uh, Snoop Dogg. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yes. He said, I can show you pictures. I know him. How do you know Bishop Don Magic One? I mean, this is not conversation that comes up every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a writer. I, I ask questions. So it turns out he grew up with him. <laughs> and they just, and he was telling me some stories that, quite frankly, I wish I could share. <laughs> I but don't you want, can't. I, I cannot share. We don't need any hustle and flow <laughs> moments. No, we definitely do not need that. So, meanwhile, as he's talking to me, he drives past my stop. He totally, like, blows the train station. Remember, I'm trying to make the train at 910. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sir, I think you passed my stop. And he goes, oh, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. So we're on a one-way street, right? And he- you've gone the further down the one-way street than you needed to. Yes. So then he proceeds to back up down a one-way street as cars are coming. Yeah, straight. Looking at yeah. his phone for pictures of Don Magic 1. From what she's saying, is like basically he, <laughs> this dude is going all like, you know, puffing and hypnotized, yeah. you know, with the, with the you know, convertible. And he's, he's going like, backwards down the same street. He's like, are, you seem like a good girl. Are you going to be in Chicago over the weekend? And I explain, and I'm very direct. I'm like, my husband and I are going to the Rising Star game tomorrow. Oh, you know what? You should go to Bishop's after party. Apparently, Bishop Don Magic One had like an after party in Chicago for three nights. Okay. (laughs) At this one um, place that he had had set up. He said Snoop is going to be there. Twista is going to be there. You know Twista? I know Twista. Twist is going to be there. All these other people are going to be there. You should totally go. I'm looking at him like, hmm, I'm getting invited to like a pimp's after party. That brings up so many problematic things for me. Yes, it <laughs> on does. On one hand, it's done magic one. He's kind of a legend, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, given the organization I work with, it may not be a good look for me who has a relatively high 
position in said organization to be seen at a place with a predominantly dominated by maybe active and former pimps, knowing I work for an organization that, I don't know, advocates for like domestic, women, violence, and domestic violence and women escaping sexual violence and things like that. Hmm. May not be a good thing. You know, Plus, along with the fact that, you know, you are a married woman <laughs> of a man who's like at work at this moment, like, you know, trying to help put food on this table, you know, while she's like, you know, Comporting with pimps, apparently. Pimps and players and hustlers. And a car that's going backwards, mind you, on a one-way street. Hypnotized. <laughs> so I'm like, sir, oh. I um I thank you for that offer. I did see the picture, so he does know him. Verification. But I need to catch a train right now. Okay. Alright. Well great. Well write this down. Don't forget about this place. I'm gonna be there. Hopefully we'll see. I know and then he says I know Bishop Don Magic Wand would want to meet you, too. You sound mm. interesting. So I'm on the train. And I'm texting Big Daddy. And I'm like, so... <clears throat> Stayed late for work. Had dinner at Italy. Totally had the best thing I ate this week. Met a guy who I introduced to Foco de Chao. Oh, and we got invited to Bishop, Bishop Don Magic Wand's after party. This weekend. Love you. Talk to you soon. <laughs> End of text. End of text. So then daddy texts me about five seconds later. What in the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got invented to his party? Yeah. Snoop is going to be there. Twist is going to be there. NBA players. Look, I'm sure it was on the up and up. Yeah. <laughs> up and up. Mm. I'm a little old for it to be turned out, I think, at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not to make light of that, because it's not anything to laugh at. But it is a very bizarre thing to have happen. And I especially love your response. <laughs> Cause Scowl. I, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he invited no. you too. I know better. I know I'm like, I show up at this party, we're going to have a whole lot of other issues going on now. I would be too busy, like, you know, I don't need to get, like, you know, get the crap beaten out of me at somebody's party. I mean, if it's like Kenny Smith's party, or like, you know, if Chance or, you know, Kanye West has a party. Okay, I, I, I'm in the building. You know, they'll, they'll let me in. Or I'll try to jump in the building, but yeah, you know, Bishop, that that, that opens up a whole lot of hornet's nest. Why are you smiling? <laughs> Why are you smiling, Rudy? I'm sorry. I just that was just a very weird moment. Why are you glowing, Rudy? <laughs> I'm not glowing. I'm just yeah. laughing at you. Uh huh. Still thinking about the bishop, huh? Uh, no. Although, mm. come on. Oh, come on. As as a writer, thinking objectively, that would have been, like, a hell of a story to, like, get and be able to pitch. You know that. There's no way I can walk into anybody's building and pitch that to, I don't know, to anything but high times. I could sell a device. That would be a perfect vice story. 
Yeah, hopefully, I'm not yeah, <laughs> after I get arrested. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, anyway, that is her week. <laughs> Did I leave anything out? No, I think you pretty much covered it. And no, in case you're wondering, I did not go to the party. That's right. <clears throat> Although, if we had been stuck in Chicago because we were worried that we really gonna, wasn't going to make our way out of Chicago on Friday night because of the whole lift, no buses, finding our way back to the train station situation without freezing our tuckuses off, we could have technically just hung out for the evening and just taken the early train back. I'm sure the bishop could have given us a ride. Or we could have just, you know, pay a little more money to lift and they take us all the way home. <laughs> Big Daddy's a little sore that I got invited to a party by Bishop for Bishop Top Magic Wand. It's mm. not every day that you can say your wife got invited, you know? <laughs> Scowl. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> And then when we come back, we're going to talk briefly about um, some of the pop culture things that um, was eating us for the week. So you're listening to The Gourmet Goober, and we will be right back. Hey, guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as The Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Lorano. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. Everyone, we're back. I'm JJ Outlaw here with T Outlaw, and we are um, back with the segment that we talk about pop culture called What's Eating Us on the Gourmet Goober podcast. And this week, there are a trio stories that we wanted to just visit talking about the tomfoolery that takes place in the ever tightening race for supremacy and fast food culture. So we are. <clears throat> Tomfoolery, big word. <laughs> like, think of the jackassery. <laughs> Tomfoolery, jackassery, I sometimes call fuckery. Well, no, it has to go a little bit further down for that. Mm -hmm. There are very few things I reserve for that word. <laughs> Where everything just goes left of center. Yeah. I yes. <laughs> well, we were really taken aback because they were, um, as you know, it's not enough to serve fast food. No, to get ahead in the pop culture, pop culture, pop, the culture, <laughs> pop culture, when selling your fast food restaurant is that you have to go beyond food. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there were two restaurants this week that decided to do just that. And with, we like to say very interesting returns on the feedback they got. <laughs> mm -hmm. So one thing that Big Daddy was really obsessed with that I can't start stop looking at either is KFC and their latest collaboration with all things Crocs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I as soon as I heard that, I'm like, why? <laughs> what possessed someone in that boardroom or 
room building concourse, I don't know, back door to say, let's put this together. This sounds like a good idea. So, first of all, let me just say, I do not wear Crocs. I've never had a desire to put on Crocs. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are many benefits to wearing Crocs. I, I heard they're like, you know. Nope. I, I don't even know what to say. Nope. I just know they're popular. Um, and if you're not familiar with Crocs are, Crocs are those weird, like, plastic shoe thingies. They're not jellies. That have holes in them that's supposed to, like, aerate your feet and... They just, I've never seen a croc that looks good, like a croc that I would want to wear. I know that a lot of chefs that they favor crocs, like Mauro Patali used to be like synonymous with his crocs, amongst other horrible things he's done. Um, but <laughs> yeah, crocs are a thing. So anyway, I've never looked at a bucket of KFC chicken and go, you know what I really want? I want to wear them on my feet. But apparently someone did, which is why KFC has announced that this spring, you can actually buy your own Kentucky Fried Chicken themed Crocs. Kentucky Fried Chicken themed Crocs. Yes. So if you go to crocs.com backslash KFC, you can actually see your own, um, their design rather, of the Crocs. So basically... It's literally like you're wearing a bucket of chicken on your feet, complete with the um, the red and white um, striped colors that's familiar with their logo, um, their legacy logo, the actual um, front of the Crocs and the back of the Crocs look like actual chicken. Mm-hmm. You can actually get something that's called, I guess it's called a gibbets. Um, which apparently is a thing for Crocs wears where um, they're like little charms that you can plug into the holes of your Crocs shoes. Again, I don't understand why the holes are there. I don't know if they're important for some reason, but if you wanted to cover the holes, there are gibbets that you can get like little charms. But in this case, the gibbets that they that comes with the Crocs that you can get are two giant gibbets that look like actual chicken drumsticks like fried chicken drumsticks mm. that are scented to smell like fried chicken and go <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's very helpful by the way that apparently the gibbets look enough like fried chicken that they put in very bold letters not for human consumption no kidding. So, I don't know if you ever looked at this and thought, hmm, I want to eat the bucket of chicken shoes. Just know you can't. <laughs> Very good. So, my thinking is, I, I know this is like a side gag. And like, no, this no. Is something they this is real. Try. This is coming out in spring 2020. It is a real thing. They actually have it on the cover of a magazine called Paper Magazine. Okay. Where someone is like rocking the fried chicken shoes. Was Paper Magazine also the magazine that had like Kim Kardashian on the front? I think so. Well, all I need to know. <laughs> so, um, would you be willing to rock out? 
Rock out my crock out. Yeah. Yeah, literally with the fried chicken crocs. Oh my god, who wears who would wear these? As I have found <laughs> out, I don't know so much about the chicken. Let's start with the crocs, you know. There are people, all kind of people who do like crocs. I'm not one of them, but okay. Whatever you want, you know, wear in terms that you know it helps you, you know, walk around, that's on you. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, that's on you. That being said, am I feeling them? No. Are they crocs? Okay, fine. That being said, because I'm not trying to lose a Crocs sponsorship anytime in, in my life. I don't. I think it's safe to assume we are never getting Crocs sponsorship. Okay, good enough. <laughs> I'm good. But nonetheless, somewhere in my mind, there's a mental imbalance of, okay, here are Crocs, they're on my feet, and here's fried chicken. Near the two shall come together. I don't want anything having to do with fried chicken or anything scented or food. And my feet. Just the two don't go together. If you want to have something that, I don't know, that's around your Crocs, let's try some older eaters. You know, let's try some scented candles or something that makes something like, you know, about the funk that's rolling with from those socks, the black socks or whatever you're wearing. Or just nothing. How about something that, you know, just makes your feet smell good that just doesn't smell like chicken because... Funk and feet and chicken, just, I'm sorry, unless you're in the backwoods or wherever, it, it just ain't going to get down like that. No, I can't do it. I, I, I got to say, and I hate to talk about this, but considering, considering the stereotype that sometimes exists around black people and fried chicken, which, by the way, I'm not even sure why that's a put down or a stereotype because fried chicken is delicious. Yes. So everyone should like fried chicken. As we just came out, with, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in a part of an episode, where we were talking about being up in Harold's at 11 o'clock on, at, you know, on a on Friday, Friday night. night. Yeah. So everyone should like fried chicken. Don't really understand why that's an insult. But even if it wasn't, I would not feed into that by wearing a pair of fried chicken shoes. Out in public, like, where do you wear that to? Like, do you wear it to the grocery store? Do you wear it to KFC to get chicken? Like, where would you? Would be to be like, yeah, you can go go visit Mario Batali. <laughs> no, 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 no. But while wearing the fried chicken crocs. But like, you can wear them to work. I don't think I would ever wear those to work. <laughs> and I sometimes delight in wearing. Hoop earrings, hoop earrings to work because that just amuses myself. <laughs> but mm. even I would not wear the fried chicken. <laughs> um, I would not wear the fried chicken shoes to work. I mean, I just, I'm not really sure who the audience with this is, and and I know, I know, there's just like a lot of ways that you can get attention, and there's successful ways you can do it. Like we talked about the last episode, how. Popeye's chicken decided to respond to Ivy Park using the iconic Popeye's chicken colors by creating their own Popeye's chicken wear. Mm -hmm. And that was really an advertising, okay? And maybe this is brilliant too, because in the end, it's getting people to talk about KFC. But it's what it's not encouraging me to do is it's not encouraging me to buy KFC because <laughs> KFC is awful. 
<laughs> I yeah, said it. It yeah, is not as flavorful and yeah. it's not as good as Popeye's, in my opinion. I still wonder where all the 11 herbs and spices are. Well, apparently one or two of them are in these shoes. <laughs> yeah, because apparently they smell like them. But uh-huh. I just, I don't know. And it's, I mean, to be fair, it's not some of the weirdest things they've come up with. In fact, I looked it up and Eater had an article several years ago where they talked about nine of the weirdest things KFC has done to sell chicken. So they have done everything from created a um, fried chicken bucket that is doubled as a photo printer back in 2000, I mean, 2015. Um, They had in May of 2016, they produced two flavors of KFC's finger licking nail polish. So um, if you licking the chicken off your fingers, nail. Oh, okay. Mm. In 2016, in July, they partnered with DC Comics with a stunt that poked a lot of fun into on marketing efforts, where they had a multiverse filled of um, KFC kernels. They actually famously came up with a sunscreen, where it was an extra crispy sunscreen to keep beachgoers from getting that cooked chicken glow, as they say. They actually came up with their own vinyl record in a limited edition. So, I get it. It's Part of it is because advertisers don't really know what quote-unquote millennials want, so they come up with advertising campaigns designed to really get people talking. But does it really add to sales? That's that's what I want to know. It's like if you can go too far beyond what the original purpose of your your restaurant is, which is to serve good food. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I know that there are a lot of people out there that like KFC or prefer KFC. I'm not one of those people, but I'm not going to diss your choice because taste is subjective to a certain degree. Sometimes you find the KFC, you want some KFC. I get it. Right. But... I, I don't really know if the Crocs are going to make me buy the KFC because, one, nope. Crocs are weird anyway, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so Crocs with fried chicken on them <laughs> with a giant, like a life-size drumstick sticking out of it may not be the best thing. But you know what? They're, they're like, maybe they're like collectors of this. Maybe there are people who collect Crocs and maybe they'll want this. Because winter things have sold out, but mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, do you want your feet to no. smell like fried chicken? No. That just seems like a step too far. <laughs> no. It's, sorry, I, I just can't mentally put together that image or just that what could consecrate is that smell. I, I, I just can't. It doesn't work that way for me. Well... Maybe they might want to double up in their efforts to look for other ways to encourage people to buy their chicken. But if you are so um, inclined to buy the KFC Crocs, just know they come out in spring. They haven't really announced a release date, Um, but you can definitely get that um, come soon enough later this year. No, they could also come out in the middle of spring by telling us where the other I don't know, herbs and spices are in the chicken. You know, that could be helpful too. 
Okay, we are never getting them as a sponsor. You know that, right? Oh, they're everywhere. They're selling Crocs. I figured, hey. <laughs> we weren't the target audience anyway. <laughs> either we weren't the target audience, so they know that we're going to come in at some point and be desperate enough to be like, yeah, we want their chicken. Because every once in a while, you want some KFC. Speaking of KFC, if the Crocs do not move you, just know that you can also, beginning Monday, try their new fried chicken and donut sandwich if you're up for the sandwich. Okay, now, now, now I'm here. I'm here. Now I'm paying attention. <laughs> So what it is, is they will serve up sweet and hot donuts with crispy and salty KFC fried chicken. Um, you can either get a Kentucky fried chicken and donuts basket meal, which includes chicken tenders that are paired with one donut, or in the case of a big basket meal, two donuts. You can also get a Kentucky fried chicken and donut sandwich, which is a chicken filet between two glazed donuts. And all the meals range in price from $5.49 to $7.99. Or if you're just filling a donut on the side, you can get that a la carte with any of the orders for an extra cost. And you could be able to be able to pick that up at your participating locations um, beginning on February the 24th. But if you can't wait and you're in L.A., just note that there is a Colonel's Chicken and Donut Shop, which is a pop-up store that pop that actually debuted over the weekend. Okay. I can't imagine eating this but if you do want to try it they're available nationwide but they're only around until march 16th or until supplies run out so honestly i think supplies are going to run out because people are going to want to try this me i'm not as interested per se because i don't know like it leaves a lot of questions like the donut and where the donuts come from like do they make the donuts themselves? Do they like partner with a donut chain and they do it? Because you don't go to KFC for donuts. No, technically not. I go to KFC for donuts. Now, that's not to say that the combo doesn't taste good because there's actually a Chicago restaurant here um, called Do Right's Donuts. And one of the Do Right's Donuts location actually does serve fried chicken sandwiches. Okay. So it's not necessarily a new concept, but it's not exactly two whole glazed, big glazed donuts. Mm -hmm. And so you got to wonder too, I mean, like the the level of glaze to the chicken. I mean, if it done right, it would be kind of like a, like we've had the donut burger before at Nancy's, right? Yes. And the donut burger is actually surprisingly good. But the way she does is she actually inverts the donut. So she slices it in half. And so all the glaze stuff is on the outside or the inside. So your hand doesn't get messy, but at the same time, you still benefit from that gooiness and the caramelization of the sugar as it hits the hot chicken or the hot burger. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure this is what they're going to do, and it looks like it'd be kind of a sticky mess, but would you try it? I like chicken. <laughs> you like donuts. <laughs> I like donuts. Mm, donuts. I'm willing to try it just to see what the combination will bring forth. Um, I, I could be adventurous enough to be intrigued by, you know, trying this. I mean, if it works, cool. If it doesn't, hey, at least they tried. And, you know, it's only around for a limited time. It could be a collector's item. But at the same time, I'm like, so what? They run out of the big old cookie. But, yeah, I'm like, you know, they've always had, like, these little random side 
uh, assortments with their chicken. I mean, is this like, you know, going to take the place of a biscuit, you know, that comes with it? I don't know. But yeah, I'm willing to try it. I'm cool with it. Maybe if it was a lungs donut. Cause lungs... Now she's got specific donuts in mind to pair with it. No, no, no. We've talked about lungs donuts on a previous episode. In the episode called Deep Fried Everything, when we talked about our trip back home to Indianapolis. Long's donuts have the best glazed donuts in the world. And you know how most glazed donuts, they're kind of like airy inside, like there's not much into it. Mm. A Long's donut, the filling is very substantial and it has kind of like a chewy, doughy flavor. Yes, so think about that. That was donut, isn't it? It's kind of like a yeast glazed donut. I mean, it's hard to describe unless you try one. Okay. But you have to admit, a Long's donut would make a much better bun than a typical place in it. Well, no, you know, Long's is, I mean, even though, yes, Long's would be a very nice donut for them to pair, I don't think they're going to, like, you know, come in and partake of Long's donuts to pair with it. Oh, no, there's no way, because Long's is kind of like an Indianapolis institution, and as we talked about on that episode, many a company from, like, Krispy Kreme and beyond have tried to either buy out their recipe or take them nationwide, and they said no. <laughs> we're born here, we're staying here, we're Hoosiers. So I'm sorry, America. The only place you can get the best donut in America is in Indianapolis. I'm sorry. Were you trying to get a long sponsorship too? Dude, if I can get a long sponsorship, hell yes, because Long's is the best. We talked about that. <laughs> hell, I'll sell up the Krispy Kreme, but hey, <laughs> I'm not, you know, pushing the bank. Long's is very good, because trust me. The Gourmet Goobers family, the entire family, was definitely into, like, making sure I liked Long's Donuts by watching me as I ate it. But, yes. That's it, because they care. Of course they did. <laughs> and I was afraid of them. But, yeah, it, Long's would have been a good choice. But since Long's was not probably not available, hopefully they come up with a good donut or some form of fashion to pair with this creation. Well, not only KFC is making news for unusual marketing ideas, but also McDonald's is as well. So you may have heard that the quarter pounder with cheese is nearing a milestone, that it's nearing its 50 year anniversary. Hmm. And so as a result of that, what they've decided to do is they have released what's known as the quarter pounder candle pack. It's part of a new collection that you can get under the website goldenarchesunlimited.com. And who knew there's actually a quarter pounder fan cup that exists. So if you go to this website, well, not anymore, actually, they just sold it out as we're talking. But what the candle, um, and maybe they'll come up with new ones, but what the quarter pounder scented candle pack actually includes is six custom scented candles <laughs> in glass container inspired by the ingredients of the quarter pound of a cheese. Okay. So each candle smells like each of the one candle each smells like each of the following. There's a bun candle, a ketchup candle, a pickle candle, a cheese candle, an onion candle, and one candle smells, as they said, 100% fresh beef. Which, just as a side note, it should all be fresh beef, but that's that's beside the point. Mm -hmm. So you can burn them individually or by themselves. <laughs> I would say that you would burn them together because I would want the smell of like a quarter pounder. <laughs> but then that's leading me to thinking, like, wouldn't that be kind of a waste of money? Because then you would 
You know, like you would burn all of them together. Together? Or you could just go down the street and buy a quarter pounder. Or if you really like ketchup, you can just burn the ketchup candle. <laughs> Again, no. who is the market for this, though? Unless you're like, buy them and never intend to like burn them. Because I wouldn't burn them. I would just want to have them, I guess. Because I really love quarter pounders, but still, that's odd. I mean, I, I, I like quarter pounders. I, I like, you know, Big Macs more, but I guess I'm just intrigued. Like, what would possess me at some point in the night or day or wherever to say, hey, we're going to have a nice little dinner, and while we're at it, I'm going to burn this ketchup candle for you. Matter of fact, you want this pickle candle. It's nice and aromatic for all you good kids out there. <laughs> that is a good point. Would you burn these to set the mood? I can imagine a date night when Big Daddy and I are trying to get romantic, and it's just like, ooh, baby, let me whip out this pickle candle. That's right. <laughs> you know you want this. <laughs> let me let me drop into my bare white. <laughs> baby, you know you want this beef. <laughs> really dirty all of a sudden my all beef all beef candle <laughs> special buns that sounds like something they would break out at bishop don magic walks party <laughs> uh, yeah. hey baby we let me whip set. out this beef candle that's right baby we put you in the, the mood <laughs> we gonna set the mood right matter of fact you know i'm thinking the best place here <laughs> straight up and down i have just said that <laughs> It took me a second to figure out. <laughs> I think the best place to like light these candles is right in front of Jenny Craig or like Weight Watchers. Oh, you're evil. <laughs> that's not Just, funny. It's not that's, funny, nothing. That's the best place to light mean. that bad boy. No, no. The best way to write it in front of the dispensary. In front of the gym. No, in front of the marijuana dispensaries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Munchies. Um, ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's gonna make McDonald's some money. Okay, I, I like that. I like that. That's that's good. That's good jam there. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of like when the Girl Scouts set up their cookies in front of the marijuana dispensaries in Chicago now. That is like the absolute best place to sell them because as people come out, you know they're gonna be hella hungry. Yeah, that's and they have the munchies. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a good joint there. That's right. That's a joint. No, actually, there's nothing worse than the you know. Or nothing better than the uh, the Girl Scout Cookie Mafia. Oh yeah, they're like <laughs> they're serious. They're serious. <laughs> they got a whole bunch of mamas and papas selling that stuff at you know in in the in, in the in the workplace. Well, but aside from that, yes, <laughs> I know you're just stung by that, but no, uh, yeah. So yeah, at this in front of the dispensaries, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. You know, the golden most of the things that they are selling in the in the quarter pounder fan club has already been sold out, and that includes they had a quarter pounder with love locket. Okay. I'd have rather be eating a quarter pounder sticker, Cuckle's quarter pounder mittens, which I almost admit I almost got it, but I figured it'd be impractical. It was a pair of mittens for designed for a couple, so there's two mittens to wear on your hands and they're free and then there's two pairs of mittens that are stitched together designed for couples to hold hands while having their hands in the mitten. I love you but I don't need <laughs> to be that close to you with my you know my hands especially with anything that's related to you know my food 
my food and my hands are my own. You know, uh, we already have community fries, so we're not community mittens. Yeah. There was a Porter Founder which, um, fan club, pen and t-shirt. So all of those are sold out. But if you want, you can still get the Quarter Pounder calendar, which I imagine is just a calendar full of like quarter glamour pounders. shots of Quarter Pounders, I guess. Um, the thing is, the sales do go to a good cause because it does go to the Ronald McDonald House Charities, um, which does help families who are dealing with um, catastrophic um, illnesses for their children mm-hmm. and giving them a safe place to stay. Okay. You can also go to the website, which again is goldenarchesunlimited.com and check out some of the other apparel, including there's a pair of socks that look like it's a box of McDonald's fries. See? <laughs> I Once again, this goes back to the, I mean, I'm, they're interesting at the same time. I don't know why in my mind that sends me back to the, uh, the crock conversation. <laughs> Would you wear the fries together with the Crocs? Because I know some people wear, like, the fry socks with the Crocs. Because don't people wear socks with Crocs? Yes, people do wear socks with Crocs. <laughs> you can have chicken and fries. <laughs> My mind just went, <laughs> bl- went mind blown. But, no, no, computer says no. <laughs> computer says no. No, I can't. I can't go for that. On <sighs> other news, <laughs> do you need a moment? I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> have you heard that Boneless Thugs or Bone Thugs and Harmony has the gone group? the rap group, the famous one where um, some of their classic tunes, the person of the month, month. <laughs> you know, the crossroads. I love the crossroads. Yes. Thuggish, ruggish, bone. bone. Well, they are now no more. Henceforth, Bone Thugs and Harmony have now changed their name to Boneless Thugs and Harmony. Boneless Thugs and Harmony. Boneless Thugs and Harmony. Why? (laughs) According to Rolling Stone, they were actually persuaded to change their name for all things to help promote BW... um, BW's boneless wings. You want to know why that bothers me? Right. I know, you know, everybody cashes in on, you know, their name or their prospect. I, I know that, you know, the money, my almighty dollar, you know, is a thing. And I know it's like, you know, once again, it's like a gag for however, you know, we want to throw. But maybe my problem isn't so much like if you're doing it for like, I don't know, for KFC. Popeyes, whatever. I mean, okay, fine. Then, you know, however you're getting that money, is it's on you. You know, you got to keep that relevance for like a minute. My thing is, I think I have a bigger problem with the BW part. Because, you know, I have a long history of me and BW. Because you want to call it BW3s. Yes, I grew up with BW3s. Yes. But people didn't know what the WEC was. Remember when BW's first opened in Muncie when we were in college? Yeah. And we would ask, like, what... What the whack? And they're like, they'd have to go through this whole explanation, how it's like a bun and it's like a certain type of bread and mm-hmm. it's popular where they started from. And they just finally dropped it because who the hell goes to a restaurant for whack? I went to the restaurant for whack. And okay. all the times we have ever gone to BW3s, I have never heard you say 
order wreck. See you order wreck. Oh, I went and ordered burgers. But you didn't order for the wreck. You went for the burger. What's on the burger? Wreck. I you don't really miss care. the wreck. Was it the wreck of the wreck? <laughs> First of all, do you miss it? No, not really. <laughs> for you youngins out there wondering why we're arguing. BWs used to be known as BW3s, and it stood for Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck. Yes. And Weck was the name of the type of bun that you got, and they eventually dropped the Weck because who the hell goes to the restaurant just for the Weck? Okay, now I admit. Now if it's a bakery, maybe. Yeah, if it was a bakery, yeah. I don't really even care if it was BW3s, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Wonder Bread, but at the same time, <laughs> it's... The only thing in my mind I can compute with my old Danny Glover thinking ass was, I'm sorry, it all I think is BW3s. That's you all just I can can't mind. call it BWs now. That's I the thing. You missed the BW3s. I just can't. I can't even call it Buffalo Wild Wings. All in my <laughs> mind I can think of is BW3s. And yes, just the fact that Bone Thugs and Harmony is, you know, popping themselves off for Boneless Thugs and Harmony. I love boneless wings, but no. Okay, two things. First of all, can we all just admit that boneless wings are nuggets? That's what they are. They're nuggets. (laughs) By any other name. (laughs) They're nuggets. (laughs) Bone, okay, wings, okay. Tenders, nuggets, okay. And then secondly, maybe bone thugs will change their mind. Because if you think of it, according to them, Three of the members will also go by new moniker. So Crazy Bone, Flesh and Bone, and Wishbone are now known as Crazy Boneless, Fresh and Boneless, and Wishboneless. According to the marketing materials released by BW Wings, now you have me saying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Lazy Bone is not on board with that boneless identity. According to them, I ain't changing shit, he said in the behind the music um, spoof released in conjunction with the announcement. Bone Thugs and Harley changes their name to Boneless is preposterous. According, I, I have to say, just as a side note, I am with Lazy Bone, and I commend him for saying I ain't changing shit. Okay, one of these three is not in witness protection. <laughs> but if you are so inclined, you can get t- merchandise with the new names, including t-shirts, hats, and a new Boneless chicken chain. Mm. Oh my God. Okay, we we we've gone too far with this. This is kind of like the. It's, wait a minute, do we also get a bonus thugs and harmony like you know like Migos meal with this? Well, if there's any justice in the world, you might as well. Yeah. I mean, does it ruin, ruin boneless? Damn, does it ruin bone thugs and harmony's cred? They had cred. Oh come on! The first of the month was a jam back in the day. Yeah, so was the crossroads, and you know, Thug and Shrug is both. All of yes! them were like it was tight jams. You know, you know, we, we was all you know. Not the head, first so. of the month was was the shit. I yeah. liked that song, and so did you. Yeah, I did. You know, I'm I'm still vulnerable. It's just yeah, I, we we know what they're trying to do, but no, I it's a it's a side gag. I'm like, no, they'll go back to Bone Thugs and Harmony when the check stop clearing. But that's cool. I'm straight. Well, to be fair... Do I still get a Migos meal out of this? I don't know. You have to ask them. Okay. (laughs) 
This is interesting, though. According to the Rolling Stone article, they actually changed their name a variety of times during their quarter century as a group. They used to be known as the Band-Aid Boys, B-O-N-E Enterprise, before settling on Bone Thugs and Harmony. So it's unclear how long the boneless era will last, probably, like you said, into the money runs on dry. But I gotta say something. Is there any group that you can imagine changing their name for a restaurant that would get you like, oh, yeah, I gotta try that? Because I have to say, I've never been that enamored with BW's um, Buffalo Wild Wings. I've never been enamored with Buffalo Wild Wings wings in order to go in. I'm not really sure of, again, a name change of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Something that if they did it for the millennials, do they even know who they are for this? Oh, man, we're getting old. <laughs> That would be like iced tea selling iced tea. Which he has. Which he has, now that uh -huh. I think about it. But that I was almost like funny. You would almost expect that. You know, special ice cubes and, I don't know, and drinks. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dre selling beats. Oh, I mean, yeah, he did that. He too. did that, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for, like, you know, new edition to sell some stuff. You know, we're going to have the Bobby Brown pack, you know, because, you know, he's selling that barbecue, barbecue sauce. Actually, I heard Bobby Brown's barbecue sauce is banging. I want to get some of that. Okay. All right. All right straight. <laughs> I always ordered that. You know, Bob is listening. You know, Bob wants to, like, you know, send us a sample. You know, we should, we, we'll listen. Mr. Brown, if you're listening, two things. One, we want to invite you to the podcast because we think you're an interesting interview. And, oh, by the way, it's a side note. We're going to be having guests on the show soon. So we'll give you more details when we have them. But yeah, we would love to talk to you and try your barbecue sauce. Okay. That is my shameless plug pitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, trying to think like who else like, you know, can't wait for the new kids on the block pack or I don't know, whatever. Cause you know, we gotta have a Danny Wood pack. Oh, stop it. You know. <laughs> I'm sure Danny different. Wood would never want to talk to us after what we said about it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Danny Wood's going to come beat me up at some point in life anyway. I don't think we're going to get a Wahlburgers sponsorship either. Don't think I need to worry about Wahlburgers either. <laughs> so, speaking of burgers and moving on, and I wish Boneless Thugs and Harmony, it sounds so weird saying that. I wish them all the luck. And shout out to Lazy Bone for ain't doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. I miss my Uncle Charlie. I wonder what Uncle Charlie would think if he's selling out. He's getting from his home. He was wrong. Oh, hold on. Gotta stay strong. I get it. Um, the last um, roundup of the pop culture thing that's really taking over as far as food is concerned is you may have read that Burger King is testing out a sandwich, but it's only in New Zealand, and it is a French fry sandwich. Meaning it is literally a sandwich, two buns, their french fries, and then it is um, mayonnaise, lettuce, uh, not, no, no lettuce, mayonnaise, ketchup, and I think mustard. Um, it is their take on what's known as, in the UK, as the chip buddy. Chip buddy. And basically it's a french fry sandwich. No beef. French fry sandwich. And the gourmet goober knows exactly at what point my mind 
just kind of blow her away. Any kind of sandwich that does not have any kind of meat, because I'm, I'm a carnivore and pretty deep one. I, 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 my mind went vapor. I cannot positively have a problem with, because you know I, I'm a man who likes you know the starch of a potato, you know good baked potato, good mashed potato, smashed potato. I like my fries. Uh. I, I don't mind, and I've had uh, once or twice a sandwich that contained a potato as, like, the central section of it. I've had, you know, burgers that have had, you know, fries and onion rings or something like that, you know, as a topping. But somewhere in my mind just cannot go to, what was this called, a burger buddy? Well... Actually, it's something that exists in the UK, and it's called a chip buddy. And let me correct myself. There's no mustard on it. So literally, mayo, ketchup, and fries. Um, they usually serve it between two slices of hearty bread. Um, in this case, what Burger King is serving, it's a um, sesame seed bun. And you can get it in two varieties. You can get it with bacon bits or with bacon or without bacon. And I oh. think the bacon is like bacon bits or something. So the main part of it is eating the fries as a sandwich. Now, apparently it's really popular, like I said, in England. It's called a chip buddy, B-U-T-T-Y. That's why Harry and Megan took their asses to Canada. <laughs> That's why I went to Canada, because they were trying to Megan's get away from like, this nah. thing. It was an abomination of, of perversion of a sandwich. Okay, I don't want to say that per se. It's not necessarily something we would want, and we do have some UK listeners. In fact, we do have a substantial amount of UK listeners I think I saw in the past um, as I've been following our podcast. Well, for the nice people in the UK, however y'all came up with this, your fish and chips and whatever that's you know on you, you can partake of this, but leave it exactly where it is over in the UK. <laughs> America, our snotty little Americans probably might have a little problem with it, but Hey, what do I know? You know, we're trying to go to a, you know, vegetarian s culture. I don't know. There are some people who might like it, but I may not be one of them. Because I, I find know. it like an abomination. You know, it may taste good. But to me, when I see it, it kind of looks like what we call in my culture a struggle plate. And if you're not familiar what a struggle plate is, um, a struggle plate is, let's see, how do you describe it? You know Whatever what? this is. The Urban Dictionary, I actually looked it up because I knew we were going to talk about it. The Urban Dictionary is a dish of food that even looks nasty, unappetizing, or strictly ugly in presentation, even though it might taste good. So when I see this, this is like a quintessential struggle plate meal, right? Not to be confused with struggle meals, which, by the way, is hosted by Frankie on Taste Made, and I'm obsessed with that show. I watch it every week when it comes out. That is actually really good because it's like inexpensive meals, and it looks really appealing. A struggle plate is totally different. Mm -hmm. A struggle plate would be like when I was a kid and I didn't know any better, and I wanted to make, like I, could, I couldn't cook, but I made like noodles, and I, I reheated some pots of sauce that was in the fridge and I topped it with a slice of Craft Ameri American cheese. Now that thing looked hella ugly, but it was good. 
to my young self at the time because it had all the pieces of what I thought spaghetti should have. It had the meat sauce, it had the pasta sauce, it had the noodles, and it had the cheese, right? What more do you want? Now, would I serve that to someone today? Hella no. Would I go into a restaurant and maybe buy something that looks like this? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But it may taste good, so that's what makes it a struggle plate. So to me, it just looks like Burger King is getting away with selling a struggle plate. <laughs> okay, there's such a thing as a struggle plate, as you indicated, like, you know, beans and weenies and whatever, just like, you know, mayonnaise sandwiches. And then there's like, this is a straight hardship sandwich. <laughs> this is straight up like, you know, we, we got problem sandwich, like our checks and clean sandwiches. Yeah. Or, and, you know, you may laugh, but everyone has their own version of a struggle plate. Like, I recently found this out, and Big Daddy told me, and we had a long conversation about it yesterday, and it still horrifies me. You can see my face. I'm still, the idea of bringing this up is just really awful, because it kind of offends my sense of sensibility. Okay. And it's almost like a cultural thing. Because how did it come up that we found out that there were people who eat mac and cheese and hot dogs? You had brought it up, and I just, I, I, I couldn't deal with that. Did we start off on the mac and cheese, or did we start off on the fact that people eat, like, cottage cheese all up and down the place? Oh, yeah, we started off, because you had asked me about whether or not I like cottage cheese, and I told you cottage cheese is like the devil. And when mm-hmm. I was a child, the only time I ever saw cottage cheese in the house was when my mom made lasagna. That's how I knew my mom was making lasagna. Mm-hmm. But just the look and the smell of cottage cheese, and I just couldn't get past the texture. And today, you couldn't pay me to cook cottage cheese anywhere near my lasagna. I have to use ricotta because it just it just feels wrong, you know? But yeah, I well, guess yeah. some people eat it with, like, everything. Like, I found out that Richard Nixon liked cottage cheese and ketchup, which, no offense, back then, that should have been your first clue that he was a psycho if he ate that. Mm-hmm. That should have been your y'all should have impeached him way before as soon as you found out that was his favorite meal. That would have been a hint. Richard Nixon resigned <laughs> before he was impeached. But you get the point, right? There's just that's yeah. There's no there, there's, there's no good reason for the have yeah for having guys cheese with anything. But that's just my anything. personal preference. It's just not a thing. But, no, it's not and, a thing for any of us. And then we merged on, and you asked me about. Mac and cheese. And we yeah. were getting, got into this really great conversation about how mac and cheese and how we look at mac and cheese in many respects is cultural, right? So for me, mac and cheese is like the stuff that my mama makes mm-hmm. or the stuff that you get that's like baked, right? So mm-hmm. you kind of slice it. It comes with lots of different layers of cheese. Usually it's like a big thing who makes the mac and cheese in your family's house. And then I grew up when I have a lot of friends who their version of mac and cheese is what comes in like the blue box, like the craft with like the powdered stuff. Here we go. And I, I, I just can't. I, I just can't put my mind into that. That's not the same. How do you really feel about it? Okay. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole because you laughed at me for 20 minutes because I was she already horrified. Off. And then you said... Yeah, and you work with some people who like to put hot dogs in it. And I was like, I just can't. I just can't. I, I can't. And maybe it tastes good, but that would be a struggle plate, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where he wouldn't necessarily serve it to somebody. Like, if I served that to my parents, they would put me out the house. 
They would put you out the country. Your grandpa Brown would never talk to you again if you dare come to her. And she's baking this beautiful mac and cheese and ask her to put hot dogs in it. That, oh. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> and it's hilarious to me because, I mean, <laughs> if anyone who knows me, first of all, knows I, I'm probably the only person in the world who does not eat any form of mac and cheese. I'm weird. I know. He is very strange. Yes, I am. I think, uh, you know, the family, you know, my in-laws, they they go, um, they they probably disown me for the fact I don't eat mac and cheese of any kind. No, they love you anyway. Yeah, they, they deal with me. They tolerate me. But nonetheless, yes, I can make a decent, with help, uh, smoked mac and cheese. Oh, he makes an amazing smoked mac and cheese, but... I don't eat it. No, you don't eat it. And to your credit, you were actually really careful the first time you made that for my family because you wanted to make them happy because you knew mac and cheese is like more than just something that you just rip open a box and like sprinkle some powdered cheese and call it a day. It's yeah, like, I had, yeah, I had it's the like Google help. Yeah. yeah. You helped me out with it. But rounding this up, it, the mac and cheese and hot dogs – that's an example of a struggle plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just seems like Burger King is getting away with selling a very expensive struggle plate. Well, it's only $2, but $2 to me. Still $2 seems you, like, you could hold on to. Yeah. You could just buy fries. I mean. I think buying the fries itself and then just putting ketchup on it or just like, you know, if they sold hot dogs and you just had a hot dog with French fries or just. You could just buy the, well, I don't know, buy a hamburger, take away the, you know, the burger, and then just sit there with the fries and the burger. You know, Plus, the only way this would work, I was just thinking, mm. would it be better if it's not like fries like you get there? Like the fries you get at Penn Station, right? The really substantial seasoned fries, not like, the because I think Burger King's fries are janky, personally. They're okay. But... What if you got, like, the substantial steak fries, like you got at, like, what's his name that usually you can get with, like, a little malt vinegar, and then you can have it with mayonnaise and ketchup? Would that make a better chip, buddy? I may almost try that one. And maybe it's the fry like to strip me out. No. No, I mean, for you, that may trip you out. I like my fries because I'm a military man. You know, I've never been in the military. <laughs> I like my fries separate from everything. I don't need any ketchup on it. I don't need any like special sauce or gravy with it, even though I, you know, have partaken of both. No, I, I it doesn't matter whether it's right. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. What if it's a poutine sandwich? No. I would eat a poutine sandwich. Okay, you would eat a poutine sandwich. I would eat a poutine sandwich. There you go. Okay. A poutine chip buddy, I would eat that. No. Because I like poutine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need all this crap on my fries, but nonetheless, yeah, poutine sandwich, interesting, but no, it's just the fact that they said to say, okay, we're going to make a sandwich, but we're we're not putting anything with it. Even if you throw bacon bits or bacon or whatever, the bacon has to be the meat. You need a substantial amount of bacon to make this work, but no, no, I can't get down with this, but that's why it's over in New Zealand. You know, with the koala bears or whatever, and 
over in you know the nice UK and the, the British as they partake of their Runyard Kiplings and as you such. You know, they can it's hold their thing. stiff upper lip, but they can keep that over there. <laughs> okay. So. To the queen. <laughs> All right. So, on that note, that wraps up our pop culture segment. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to close out our podcast as we do every podcast, talking about the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to The Gourmet Goober. We'll be... Gooberland, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. Do you consider yourself gumberworthy? Maybe you're a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet. Well, if so, tell the world what your very own goober gear. From aprons and mugs to t-shirts and hoodies, it's the perfect way to support our show while telling the world that you're part of Gooberland. So just head over to gooberswag.com. That's gooberswag.com and get your very own goober gear now. Everyone, we are back. This is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and you are listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We're wrapping up the podcast as we do every episode, where we share the best thing we eat this week. Um, that is our recommendation for some of the out of the way places, hole in wall, the obscure diners, or the major players in the food industry that we have tried a dish that you have got to try. And as always, I share in the show notes. Um, where you can find your own, um, be it here in Chicago or close to where you are anywhere in the world. So, as always, we start this segment with Big Daddy. That would be me. <laughs> so, Big Daddy, what was the best thing you ate since we were last on the air? Well, since I was last uh, on the air, the one place I went to, we went to for lunch on a random Saturday uh, so I could get my mind back together after the All-Star weekend. Um, Saturday, we went and had lunch at a random place in Highland, Indiana on 45th Avenue. They call it the overstuffed skillets and sandwiches. Uh, it's just a little small space in a uh, kind of an, uh, in a strip area uh, along a set of businesses and at this random spot, overstuffed skillets and sandwiches. Um, we went there for breakfast, brunch, as you will, and I randomly came across, because, you know, I'm a guy who likes things fried hard, you know, and I also like, you know, as you stated in other podcast episodes, I'm a big fan of uh, Philly cheese sa- steak sandwiches. So one of the things they had, they have a subset of Phillies there, and I had the deep fried steak. Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for ten dollars you can get plate of fries, uh, pickles, other stuff, but you can get a deep fried Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Yes. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This was a good one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying like you know it was like you know wet bag, you know straight out of like you know. The bodega down the street there where we normally get our deep fried fillies. That's right. We didn't get one of those. This was a nightly neat little sandwich. And, you know, you did pay for it. But at the same time, it was was a nice little sandwich. And it filled me up for most of the afternoon. Matter of fact, I can't remember what we had for dinner that night because I was still stuffed from the uh, deep fried filly. 
Yeah, that was a pretty big sandwich. Although yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned about we had a really great conversation at the restaurant because, like I said, there's normally a bodega down the street from where we live mm-hmm. that we normally get a deep fried Philly. And mom and dad, if you're listening, I do not eat deep fried Phillies all the time. We usually allow ourselves one a year. <laughs> and they are hella good. But it's like a sandwich you get from a bodega, right? So they usually sell it in a greasy paper bag. And it's like, it's so unhealthy, but it's so good. <laughs> And you said, oh, this is totally different than that. So it's still fried, but it's like kind of nice and neat. And- mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like good plated looking sandwich. And we got into a whole conversation. And I'm sure at some point in the near future, we'll have a podcast episode that includes a segment where because one of the uh, one of my former coworkers, um, we had a conversation once about you know, where you go and you get good food from places that are, you know, nice and neat, you know, that does have like, you know, a good substantial amount of sandwich that, you know, is a little greasy, but, you know, it's like nice and neat and tidy. And then sometimes you go to like certain places like a bodega or random, you know, random stores and, you know, it's just, you know, the bag is a little funky, but at the same time, it's just like the grease is so good. So I think we it's came experience. up. Yeah. It's an experience itself is just, you know, eating the sandwich out of the bag and, you know, it just being nice and neat. But, you know, there's other places where it's just like, it's just going to be greasy no matter how it comes out. And I think I use the word of there's a difference between, and we can talk about this on a future episode about the difference between a greasy spoon restaurant and a greasy bag spot. Yes. Where you get, there's a difference between a greasy spoon and a greasy bag. Right. And the food that comes out of it. Right. And sometimes you just want the greasy bag, right? Because you know that someone put their foot in it and it's going to be really good. Yeah. And okay, for listeners who don't come from our culture, we don't literally mean put your foot in it, okay? That's like an old, what you say, like a Southern, Black Southern term? Yeah. Some people, they just put their foot up in it. You know, that means that it's like really good. They put their effort into it. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, when you get that greasy bag, you're kind of excited. It's like for our listeners, because we do have a lot of listeners out of New York who get that chopped cheese sandwich. There's a difference between getting the chopped cheese sandwich out of the bodega at Harlem and like going to Whole Foods and getting their version of the chopped cheese. Two separate experiences. And sometimes you just want the one. In Harlem, because mm-hmm. it's the whole act of getting it. So I get it. Um, so you know that's your like Philly cheesesteak for the year, right? Philly for the year, right? We only allow ourselves one because no, it's no. so unhealthy. At a certain point, you know, during the summer, <laughs> you know, I will be revisiting the Bodega again. No, we agreed that we only get one a year, and that's your one. <laughs> you agreed to it. I agreed to it. <laughs> Uh, Look, I'm trying to keep you alive. I mean, they're good, but it's just like the fried, deep fried um, pork. What was the deep fried pork rib we talked about the last episode where you're like, this is really good. Never make it again. (laughs) I'm going to give you one. But, you know, at the same time, that's that's the rib. You know, how much for one rib a year? Deep fried filling. I'm willing to go every six months. But at the same time, hey. You know, summer's coming up, you know. If I, you know, work on my girl's figure, I'll be straight. But, you know, I, I can't allow myself more than one a year. But 
I think I'm good. But nonetheless, yes, the overstuffed skillets and sandwiches, uh, fried, deep fried Philly was the best thing I ate this week. Well, the best thing I ate this week was, and I alluded to it earlier during my crazy night out at Italy that resulted in me getting invited to a party hosted by Bishop Don Magic Wand. That you did not go to. <laughs> that I did not go to, Big Daddy's very adamant, me sharing that. Is um, the Casio e Pepe ravioli that I ate in Italy. And if you're not familiar with Italy, Italy is a brand of restaurants that are all across the country. There's one, um, I believe, in New York. I think there's a location in L.A. There's one in Chicago, definitely. And what they specify, it's like a whole mecca around the whole experience of going to fresh open markets in Italy and fine dining, Italian markets. You can take classes. They're everything from Italian-style um, coffee shops and baristas to dessert um, areas, including one made around Nutella. It's one of my favorite places in the whole world. I can literally, whenever Big Daddy and I go there, he literally puts me on a timer because he knows it's like the Italian food Ikea for me and I could stay all day. <laughs> and she will try. <laughs> and I will definitely try. For a long time, it was the only place that I can get the San Marzano um, tomatoes that I love to make tomato sauce with and stuff. So if there's one near you, you owe it to yourself to visit at least once. She's and, on a timer right now. <laughs> but they also have a number of restaurants that you can go to. So I went to the Asteria del Mercado, which is one of the restaurants they have on the second floor. Sounds bougie. They focus on market-to-table style cuisine. And I had their Casio e Pepe ravioli. And if you're not familiar with Casio e Pepe, um, it's a very simple Italian dish. And what it entails, it's really kind of, I mean, at its most basicness, um, Casio e Pepe usually only has four ingredients. It has like pecorino or Parmesan cheese, salt and pepper, and the pasta itself. I have thought I've made in years past Casio e Pepe. You know, when you want something quick and substantial to eat, you don't want to spend a lot of time cooking it. You don't want to spend a lot of time with complicated ingredients. It literally is really simple eating, right? Mm -hmm. Apparently, I, I've never made it because at this restaurant, I had their Casio e Pepe, and I was like, holy shit, what the hell have I been making all these years? Because the sauce was so substantial and so delicious. And, and they had like this brown butter that's lemony and it's part of the sauce. And it, it, it brought me such joy. Like, have you ever like bitten in something and you like question your life choices before then? <laughs> that's how I was in eating this dish. It was just really an incredible dish. It was very simple. The ravioli was this cheese ravioli. It was round instead of square, so it was actually fun to eat, too. It was like little coins. But, um, yeah, that had to have been the best pasta dish. And it's proof that you can have, like, a very simple plate of pasta with not a lot of fuss, and it can be, like, your best dining experience ever. So my um, shout-out to the chefs there. Plus, it's really cool because where I sat, it's in kind of an open environment so you can see them prepare your food 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were a little taken aback by how interested I was in looking at the cooking process because I'm obsessed with cooking. Um, but yeah, I if you ever have a chance to go to Italy, highly um, recommend their restaurants and try the Casio Pepe. Seriously, four ingredients, but it'll change your life. <laughs> Which is funny because when you first mentioned this, I thought it was the Mexican food calorie counter. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Before you described it, it seemed pretty basic to me, but I mean, it actually sounds kind of decadent. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like a simple decadent dish and there's not a lot to it. Seriously. Hmm. It's literally like butter and cheese and salt and pepper and the ravioli. (laughs) But the way they did it was blend it in such a way that I seriously, if people weren't looking at me, I would have licked the plate. <laughs> I really would have. That's how you know it's a good dish. <laughs> That's how you know you went in deep for it, but I'm impressed. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the Gourmet Gooper podcast. Where can they find you online? Well, they can find me online once again at T-O-U-T-L-A-W. T-O-U-T-L-A-W on Twitter, and on Instagram at Tiala Josie Wells. Well, you can find me at T Outlaw on... No, you no. really can't find me. <laughs> no, you can't. Sorry. You cannot find the GG <laughs> on T Outlaw. She has her own little Twitter page. Let me just start that again. It said JJ Outlaw on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at JJ... No? Okay. Oh Where gosh. are you again? Apparently, I'm a million miles away. I'm, let's start this again. I'm at JJ Outlaw on Twitter. I'm at Gourmet Goober on Instagram. Drop us a line. Tell us how silly you think we sound at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And again, we want to thank our new friends at So Foodie and welcoming everyone, the readers, to Gooberland. Um, by the way, one other thing. If you wanted to show the world how you rock gooberland and represent us just know that you can still pick up some of our swag at gooberswag.com now that's the thing yeah come get that merch you know <laughs> help us finance this little uh this little part uh little fun fest so some love get some merch mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah learn um, if you are gooba worthy yes learn if you're gumbo worthy gumbo worthy okay that's right if you're a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet we have the hookup for you, too. In mm. fact, we sent my dad. He wanted a T-shirt that said that for his birthday, so we sent it to him. Cool. <laughs> and he still likes us. He still loves us. <laughs> so for everyone here, um, Big Daddy and I, the Gourmet Goober, until next time, happy eating. Happy eating.